It's time for Dodger Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Dodging Sleep podcast. Um, We're actually recording this on the 30th of May, but that's kind of due to technical difficulties because we were going to record it yesterday on the 29th, which is the day that I've prepared the uh, On This Day in Dodgers history for. And I could have rolled it forward a day, but I got such a good one that I wanted to go with it anyway. So on the 29th of May in the year 2000, at the age of 104, Fred Roberts, who was commonly regarded as the oldest living Dodgers fan, made his first visit to Dodger Stadium. Uh, he wore a jersey with 104 on the back of it. Um, he was a, a World War I veteran and he watched as Sean Green's sixth inning Grand Slam helped the Dodgers beat the Mets 4-1. Um, I just thought that was definitely worth mentioning, even if it was a day late. Anyway, on with the pod. My name's Ian Carlson and joining me tonight, we have Adam Legg. Adam, how are you doing? I'm all right, thanks. I'm all right. Good, good. And we've got Leon, who's also doing all of the production and techie stuff. How are you doing, Leon? Yeah, really good. Thanks, mate. Thank you. Brilliant. And we've also got our media celebrity and sensation TV star, as seen on ITV News, Young Ian, Mr. Blees. How are you doing, Ian? It's a bit of a chore to be here for the small people now, now that I've made it and I'm big time. But, um, you know, I could make a little bit of time for you, I suppose. That's that's awfully decent of you awfully decent um we we may well touch on that a little bit later on the pod but we're going to start with the usual which is our review of well we normally call it review of the week but we we, we've gone a little bit longer than normal since the last pod so we're basically given that we're on such a good run at the moment um we're going to do the last 10 games so we've got uh, beating the Phillies 2-1, beating the Nats 2-1. And then yesterday we completed the sweep of Arizona. So that gives us eight wins out of the last 10. Um, who'd like to start? Adam, what's, what, were your, what were your takeaways from those, those last few games? I think we're just about hitting our stride now. I think the offence has woken up, uh, especially with a certain leadoff hitter. He's... Um, finally discovering that MVP form again, isn't he? So it's, I think, I think we just, we just, the bats are finally waking up. It's quite nice, isn't it? Quite nice. Leon, what, what are your thoughts? Uh, it's been really good. Um, there was one bad game, which was the last game against the Nationals where we never, ever looked like scoring despite having sort of runners on base quite often. Um, but other than that, it's been, it's been, been brilliant. Uh, Tyler Anson obviously is a particular highlight. Um, an unexpected one again, um, but yeah, really, really good. Um, you know, I've obviously built up a little three-game lead in the division as well, which although it's still very early days, um, yeah, this is, I've got no complaints at this particular moment in time. Indeed, yeah, no complaints. That's quite a nice summary. Ian, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's just great seeing the top of the order, you know, play like we all know that they can. Uh, you know, Mookie getting things going, Freddie, Trey, uh, it's absolutely fantastic, you know. Um, Will Smith chipping in every now and then uh, in cleanup. Uh, it's 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 just been it, it's been a, an absolute pleasure to watch. Um, just to continue what uh, Leon said there with Tyler Anderson currently on twenty scoreless innings, 
Um, you know what 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 a what a, say what a find what a player he he, he turns out to be for uh, for us. You know, again, early days. So let's not get too carried away. No, although although if we if if we'd gone on a, a on a run of two wins out of ten instead of eight, we'd all be doom and gloom. So we may as well if we're gonna if we're gonna um, really moan about the bad stuff to an unbelievably stupid extreme, we ought to celebrate the good stuff to a similarly stupid extreme. Maybe um, I guess my, my takeaway is, and, and it's coming back to the point Leon made about opening up the division lead, and um, you, know, you get a lot of talk about um, the Padres and you know being being hit by injuries at the moment and oh how good are they going to be when they get to full strength and all that kind of stuff and then you look at us and go yeah but we've had Kershaw off ill and Muncy's clearly not not right and we've got various other people who are out and not performing and you think you could make the same argument for when we're at full strength um I think as Adam says it's all starting to click into place just about now but to be to be three ahead and still arguably not be at full strength ourselves. It, it, it's, it's, yeah, it's a nice position. What's not to like about a 10-2 run? Leon, you've, you've, um, you've got your hand up. What, what, what did you want uh, to add? I've got a dodgy camera, so it's, uh, it's the magical zoom hand. I think it was just, just backing away and said, it's so nice to have those players at the top of the order that are sort of, you know, just dominating, really. It almost feels like every game, Mookie as a lead off it and is then driven in by Freddie Freeman, you know, makes it. It's, it seems crazy. We're getting ourselves ahead so quickly. Uh, and, you know, it's it's just, again, it's incredible to watch. And then you follow it with, with Trey Turner, which is just insane. Um, beyond that, I think a lot of the guys are still sort of slowly getting started. And then you've got Gavin Lux holding it down at the bottom of the order as well. Um, it just, it seems a pretty well, well-rounded lineup at the moment. Yeah, you, you wouldn't want to be stepping on the mound and just when you think you got rid of one, you look at who's who's in the circle coming up next. It's, um, yeah, it, it, finally it's sort of playing up to the billing, I think, which is good. Well, we'll uh, we'll discuss the next few games at the at the end of the pod with our preview, but hopefully we'll um, well it gives us, gives us grounds for optimism and positivity in our predictions. I'm sure. Um, the next point we were going to discuss, and it and it is back to. Um, to young Ian's um, TV appearance, but it was talking about the um, the takeover of, of Chelsea Football Club here in England and, and the fact that the consortium that's bought them out um, has got Todd in it from, from the Dodgers and it got, got a bit of media coverage over here in terms of being billed as to- uh, Dodgers, Dodgers owner buys Chelsea and all that kind of stuff. Um, we're not really going to get into the nitty gritty of the, of, the, of the takeover as such, but we were just discussing it before we started recording as to whether we think actually having, having a, a an MLB owner, 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 soccer ground over here in the UK, what that does for visiting MLB teams, visiting MLB games. Does it mean that there's a stadium that's likely to be top of the list? Does it mean that the Dodgers are perhaps more likely to, to be visiting London sometime soon? Um, Ian, what, what, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I suppose to be... To be perfectly honest, uh, you know, obviously we we know I went on TV and I had to talk about uh, I had to talk about this a little bit. I had to read up quite a lot because I was familiar with uh, with with the Dodgers ownership structure. I was I was familiar with uh, with you know the, the the guy at the top of that with Mark Walter. Uh, I was familiar with uh, Magic Johnson and Billie Jean King being being in that being in that list of owners as well. I wasn't familiar with Todd Bowley, um, so I had to read up quite a bit before I uh, before I put myself in that situation of being interviewed about him on on tv 
And they were very interested to know about what Todd Bowley has done for the Dodgers. And it was very specific. It was very individual. And all I could really talk about was, uh, was what the Dodgers had done and the blueprint that they followed over the last, um, uh, over the last, uh, what is it? Uh, 10 years since they bought it. I think it was 2012. Um, when Guggenheim partners uh, came in and took over. And obviously we've all seen the team come on leaps and bounds in that time. We've, we've seen the progress that it's made. And, I think Chelsea are probably in a stronger position right now than the Dodgers were at that point in time. Obviously, um, similar financial disarray in the fact that the Dodgers were bankrupt uh, and Chelsea were owned by uh, a, a Russian oligarch who had his assets all seized. So uh, they're quite desperate times. I think there were a couple of games this year where Chelsea weren't allowed to sell tickets and, and, and raise money because it was uh, seen as contributing towards Roman Abramovich. I just kind of think that what it will mean for for, for the Dodgers, it, it could be amazing. It could be a fantastic link between the Premier League and Major League Baseball. It could be a bridge between the two nations, between the two sports. <clears throat> Equally, it could be absolutely nothing. It could be a business deal. It could be that Todd Bowley takes a lot of the lessons learned from uh, his time involved in, in the Dodgers to improve the game day experience uh, at Stamford Bridge. Um, and that's about it. So uh, they, Chelsea don't own a lot of the land around Stamford Bridge um, in the way that Dodger Stadium has just been expanded and they've taken, they've taken down a car park and built the big uh, um, plaza uh, to, uh, uh, to, to extend that game day experience and to add a load of extra concessions in. They don't have that option. So they can't suddenly make Stamford Bridge into a 120,000 seat stadium that capable of hosting all kinds of sports. So I'm not sure it's going to be a, a magical link between the two sports in itself, but it could be the start of something. It could be the start of a relationship between the two, between the two sports that sees a bit more of a, a collaboration, a bit more, a bit more thinking together. Cause ultimately if they're all businessmen, they're all sports people, they all want to see success on the field. And I think that's kind of where I keep coming back to. It's about success. It's about staying in operation. And it's about building the best thing for Chelsea Football Club. I don't think it'll affect the Dodgers in the slightest, this deal. I don't think Todd Bowley's about to pull his money and put it all into Stamford Bridge. He seems to have plenty of it. Um, but it's just... There are a lot of similarities between the two clubs in terms of celebrity fans, prestigious area. But other than that, I can't see uh, a massive amount changing. Cool. You clearly did your research for the TV. Thank you for that. Very comprehensive. Um, Adam, any, any, any other thoughts on that? Oh, I think Ian pretty much nailed it on the head. The only disappointing thing is I thought you should take it over a different club and not Chelsea, but that's just a personal gripe. <laughs> a bit close to home. Uh, Leon, any anything from you? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Um, yeah, I think just to touch on what Ian said, it, it's, it's probably a little bit of room for sort of a collaboration between the two clubs with player appearances, uh, which could ultimately quite be, be nice for us. Um I don't really want to pay six pounds to go and watch Chelsea, to be honest. Um, but I mean, I think we've seen in the past there's pictures of Killian and Bappe at Dodger Stadium, Ronaldo at Dodger Stadium. We might see people like Cody Bellinger if, if, if we re-sign him um, at Stamford Bridge. 
Um, and little link-ups like that, which would be sort of nice, uh, ultimately. But, um, I mean, again, as Ian says, there's, there's very little land available around Stamford Bridge. So in terms of any any sort of games being held at, um, at Stamford Bridge, it's highly unlikely. Although there, there were games, I think the White Sox played there back in the 30s or 20s. Uh, but it was a very different area back then. Um, it's very tight. They've got no room for any further redevelopment. Um, but it would just be nice. To, it's it's quite nice to hear the Dodgers' name sort of all over the UK press. Um, I think, as Ian said again, um, I didn't know Todd Bowley to be honest before you. The, uh, the speculation linked him to the uh, to the Chelsea uh, Chelsea um, ownership. Uh, good luck to the guy. Um, but yeah, if you can bring us a little bit of ex- exposure, uh, that'd be great. Yeah, as long as we don't get the dreaded two-team scarves and shirts with Chelsea on one half of the scarf and Dodgers on the other or, or, or shirts in two different shades of blue or something like that. But um, John Terry yeah. Bobblehead Knight at uh, Dodger Stadium. Sorry? John Terry Bobblehead Knight at uh, Dodger Stadium. <laughs> oh, God. Can you imagine? Uh, yeah, I'm surprised we haven't we haven't seen photos of John Terry superimposed over the... Uh, on, on this... on the... Um, on the sort of the, the bus tour and everything when the Dodgers won the World Series, given that they like he likes to crop up for every any any trophy being given out. But anyway, uh, I digress. Um, next tonight, and, and and thanks here in advance to External Void on Twitter. So at the last pod, we went out and said, look, if anybody's got any topics you'd like us to to cover on a pod, please get in touch. So we've very kindly put some questions out, which is who are we impressed with so far and who are we not impressed with so far or concerned with so far? Um, and we can, I guess, take our pick from across a, a, a rather star-studded lineup at the moment. Um, who's not gone first so far? Yeah, uh, Leon, do you want to do you want to kick us off with with who's impressed you so far? I'm going with Tyler Anderson. Um just to let the other guys have the the other very obvious option. Um, Tyler Anson has been fantastic. Um, I think I mentioned previously in that my, you know, previous experience of Tyler Anson, previous memories of Tyler Anson was Dodgers sort of kind of lightened him up when he was a rookie. Um, Heard a little bit about him at the Pirates last year. When we signed him, I was like, this is a bit of a weird one. Um, I don't think any of us really had any big expectations for him. But I think it's a 20, 20 inning uh, score streak at the moment and looking comfortable um, as well. Doesn't really look like he's going to give up runs. Um, the game against the Nats where he went eight innings the other day, um, I think it was, he went into the sixth, perfect. Um, and he he looked really, really good. They didn't, he was up there with Kershaw's performance earlier this season against the Twins. It was as good as that. Um, so he's been a really... Uh, under the radar, great signing so far. Again, uh, very early days, but you know he looks confident um, and unhittable at some stages as well. So yeah, for me, it's, uh, it's Tyler Anson. Excellent, thank you, Adam. Who's who's your pick of who's impressed you so far? Uh, it's a less obvious one, possibly because I think you think I'm going to say Bets again, but uh, Tony Gonsolin has really impressed me this year. Um. I mean, he's. I mean, I read a couple of weeks ago that he'd been taking tips off Kirsch uh, about going deeper into games. It seems to be working. Uh, he's reached the sixth inning four times this year, and it's been three starts in a row. He's gone into the sixth, whereas the previous seasons he normally gets to the fourth, fifth inning, and he's out of the game. And he's he just looks like a different pitcher this year. He's he's still got a little bit of lost control, 
at times. Um, but it, but he's 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 good. He's I mean he's leading the team in the ERA. He's got a, he's leading the team in strikeout rate and WHIP, and he's getting strikeouts as well, which never used to be a big part of his game. He's I think he's had seven Ks in his last three games. He's just been. He just feels like uh, he's just going to go six six innings. Perfect. No runs given up. Just what you want. Nice and straightforward. Ian, where are you, where are you going with your your choice? I've got to just choose one then. Um, well, you can have <laughs> as many as you want. A, the, it's it's hard to choose. Yeah, I mean, even though uh, you know the, the the two the two pitchers, well, the two pitchers. I mean, you know, Walker Bueller's hardly been doing badly, um, but uh, there's there's so many different directions I could go. We've already touched on the top of the order, uh, really, really firing at the moment. So I'll steer clear of those, and I'll perhaps take a slightly controversial stance, and I'll go with Craig Kimbrell, um, who even though he's sitting there with an ERA around four and a half, he's yet to blow a save. Um, he's got. I want to say 10. It's definitely got double figures. It's either 10 or 11 uh, on, the, on the season so far. Um, and I think with Jansen going, Kimbrell coming in, we were always going to look to, you know, you know there was a lot of talk about we don't need it. Brusdar can, can come in and do a job. We'll have a closer by committee. And when we picked up Kimbrell, there was, he didn't have a great time uh, at the start of last year. Um, and I just kind of think that there was an element of risk there and it's been good for me to see him come in to not blow a save and to, and, and to continue to get the job done. Uh, he constantly puts runners on the bases. Uh, he constantly gives us those Kenley flutters, if you like to call them, if you like to call them that. I think it's very nice to have situations where he's coming into games with a, with a, with a three run lead and he's got a little bit of, I uh, got a little bit of, uh, scope to you know to give up a bit because these guys who, who who throw hard you know all it takes is a bit of contact uh, you know barrel it up any which way and it can it, you know anything can happen um, so it's great to see uh, Kimbrell come in and do a job and I reckon I've left some pretty low hanging fruit for your answer there Ian. Well, where to go? Where to go? I mean. <laughs> It's, 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 it's a team effort, isn't it? You know, you look at it and, and, you know, you could pick Freeman, who seems to be every bit as, as he was advertised when they signed him as to how great he was going to be, not just with his batting, but with his, with his fielding. Some of, some of the catches he's taken have been, been amazing. Um, clearly, we got bets, although interestingly, I mean, he's, some of his stats are down a little bit, but, but looking at it, you know, his batting average, I think he's the only years he's done better than that are his MVP year and when he came second in the MVP voting. Slugging, I think he's second only to his MVP year. Some of the others, it's only the MVP year ahead of him and, and the whole fielding and the buzzy brin. So, so that's kind of stand out. Um, Trey Turner, um, again, hitting the hit streak stolen bases uh, in fact the team as a whole when you look at it our, our average success rate on stolen bases at the moment is 83 percent against an mlb average of 74 so, so that's looking good we've mentioned the pitchers already and i think we're currently first in the nl for era and runs allowed and and runs allowed and all this kind of stuff and it's all looking really good um i'm gonna and i'm i'm basing this partly on games i've watched but but partly on the on the gospel of Dodgers Twitter, um, I thought I'd go Dave Roberts. 
because there hasn't been the usual outcry on Twitter after every game of all the dodgy decisions he's made, or at least doesn't seem to have been as many. There was the the Kershaw perfect game, and was he pulled? Was he pulled a bit early? But but I think most people have agreed now it was early enough in the season and, and, and needed to protect him. Maybe there's a bit bit about should he have rested Muncy or taken him out of the lineup a bit earlier and given him a bit of a break, but. In the main, if you think back in recent seasons in particular, you know, you, you get into the, 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 the close situations and it's always brought Kenley out again. He needs to give Kenley a break and all that kind of stuff and and, and messing around with the lineup and, and everything. Now, whether it's in part because of the changes with the designated hitter rule, whether that's made it a bit easier for him or changed his approach, I don't know. But certainly from, from what I've seen so far, there haven't been all the Twitter outrages. There doesn't appear to have been a lot of sort of quotes, bad decisions. Um, he seems to be just taking it nice and calmly and, and doing what he needs to do. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go for him actually as as the sort of the impressive unsung hero so far. Um, and I also like the fact that he set what I think is a really really top example, which is he's missed a game because he was going to his daughter's graduation, which I think just in terms of getting the balance between work and family. That's a, that's a pretty important thing to do. Um, Leon, the magic Zoom hand up again. Yeah, uh, I think that's a really, really good point. Um, I think Dave Roberts is probably someone we don't really speak about too much. Um, we've got uber sort of concentration on on what's going on in the field. Um, it, it seems, it, I mean, particularly in the last couple of weeks, it seems all very comfortable uh, across the board. Um, I think going back to Kimbrell as well, um, he's not really getting your traditional save situations as well because we're giving him so few opportunities to to have to save a game. Our run differential is incredible at the moment. Um, I think we're 119 plus 190. I think the next best is in the 70s. Um, so, they're, they're, I mean, it's just utter domination uh, for the most part. When we're losing games, we seem to be just beating ourselves through these little silly errors uh, on the field. Um, and we... we there's something I meant to mention sort of last week, but then didn't make the podcast. Um, was that we seem to really struggle uh, most against teams below 500. Um, so maybe it's just a case of are we taking our foot off the gas a little bit against those teams? Um, and have we have we really got started? I think that's another question for us to to look into next week um, after we face the Mets. Is is where we were at then? Um, you know, this it's yeah, just big shout out to uh, to Dave Roberts. Oh, thank you. Um, what about the other other side of the coin? I suppose the um, the, the the concerns. It's, it's funny. I, I was thinking of of, of possibly Kimbrel just because he's, he, there's been a couple of nervy moments. But then I kind of corrected myself and thought that's probably the same for all fans of all teams when they've got somebody in trying to get a save. Everybody sits there biting their fingernails and is nervous and all the rest of it. Um, you know, I I think. Well, Muncy's just gone on the IL. He would have been the obvious one, so I'm going to go for the obvious one. And you know, he's 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 just struggled. He's had a, there's been a couple of moments when he seems to have possibly turned a corner and picked it up again. But I think looking at the season as a whole, he's, there's definitely something not right. And and um, it's, it, I guess in part also it's because we've sort of come to expect such a high standard from him over the last few years, and 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 may, and, and therefore it makes the fall off just that. Um, Seem more severe, although having said that, his batting average is 0.15, so it couldn't get too much lower. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to pick the the low hanging fruit and and, and go with him. Um, Liam, what about you? Any any concerns? 
This might be a bit left field, this one, but Walker Bueller, um, he hasn't quite looked himself. Um, I think we've all probably sort of questioned that oh, he's, he's not sort of fully on it. But then you look at his record and he's six and one, and he's, his ERA is beneath three. Um, so it's it's a bit of an it's it's a bit of a strange one to be honest because I, I don't think he is pitching his best, but he's six and one uh, and winning games yeah. without putting up too many runs. It's, as I say, so it's a bit of perhaps a bit of a niche sort of a choice. But... No, it's, I think it's a fair point. There have been a couple of games. Yeah, you look at it and go, he's, he's he's sort of hanging on a little bit, getting people on base, and then and then and then moving on. But um, no, I think that's a that's not an unreasonable unreasonable shout. Um, Ian, how about how about you? Um, I, I was I was going to go with Walker Bueller. Um, so uh, yeah, and I thought I had a really clever one there. I thought, yeah, no one's going to think this. He's six and one. Is he? <laughs> yeah, everything Leon's just said. Um, so I mean, we discussed Justin Turner and where he's been at uh, a couple of weeks ago on the pod or in the last episode, uh, and he immediately came out and. It, it, and he showed what he can do. I think what we're going to see from Justin Turner this year is perhaps a little less consistency than we've become used to, uh, and we're going to see the occasional the occasional big game from him, um, which is that's the trend it seems to have uh, it seems to have followed uh, so far this year. Um, I think the other one that sticks out for me is Bruce Graderol. Um, I uh, um. I'm less convinced than ever that he's the he's the he's the the future closer. He doesn't get a lot of swing and miss, and when they barrel it up, it goes a long way, as it does when you when someone's throwing 100 miles an hour. I think he needs to work a little bit more on developing a little bit of tail, mixing in a few, mixing in a bit a bit of variety, and ultimately catching less of the plate. I think he's throwing too much down the middle, too confident that no one's gonna that no one's gonna hit him, and as people get used to him. Uh, you know, I think he just needs to develop a few more strings to his bow and not just be able to rely on that out-and-out pace that's got him this far. That's a fair... Yeah, I mean, we'll always we'll always be looking at the bullpen. It's been a lot of good press, but 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 there's always that chance that it, it might go a little bit little bit pear-shaped. Um, Adam, what about you? Um, you've not really left me with much option. Um, <laughs> I was going to have Walker, and then you both said it. Uh, then I was going to have Bruce R, and you've just said it. Um, the only other one, and it was it was Kimber was going to be my other one, who he's not been as lights out as I'd have liked. But, I mean, he's not been terrible. I mean, he's been pretty good. He's He's got the saves. He's just not been what I was expecting, sort of thing. But that, that, that was... I mean, it's not even really a, a horrible thing to say. He's just disappointed me in that respect that he's given up. I mean, I think in the last series, we've given up four runs is it, in the last four games and he's given up three of them or something like that. I think I read the other day. It's a bit disappointing from your closer, but uh, I mean, he's still played pretty well, really, this season. Yeah, we are... Um... <laughs> Given our given our overall performance and standing and all the rest of it, it's sort of you feel it's a bit of bit of nitpicking, isn't it, to to an extent? But um, but yeah, I, I'd love to know what. Oh, Ian's got his hand up now. Ian, go for it. Sorry, I thought I'd left Adam Cody Bellinger, and I was like, I'll leave that really obvious low hanging fruit there. Um, so I'll just jump back in and say, uh, yeah, Cody, he's still not doing it. 
Um, he's had the odd, he's had the odd glimmer. Um, he's 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 had the odd moment. Um, but his at bats at times are really awkward to watch. He just doesn't appear to really know no. where he's going to put the barrel through the zone. You know, he, he's he's swinging and missing at pitches down the middle. I feel like pitchers aren't afraid to throw down the middle to him anymore. Um, whereas a couple of years ago, he would have, you know, anything anything out over the plate, he's, he, he would look to punish and generally do so. Um, he's really not been doing it. Um, obviously, we've, we've had the conversation before. Defence doesn't slump and he's been playing really well out there in centre field, looking ultra-reliable. The pitching's been so dominant. Most of the catches he's made, he's just walked underneath it. You know, it's been hit, it's, it, it, the big, slow fly balls. He's not had to do too much spectacular, um, too much too spectacular as, as of yet. But hitting-wise, um, you know, he shows glimmers and you think maybe he can turn a corner, maybe he's coming back now. And then it just seems to it just seems to regress again. I, I don't think I don't think he's right. Still, I still think that there is something wrong. His first couple of years in the majors, he was in the the top two percent uh, in terms of sprint speed uh, of of all players, and he's nowhere near that now. I really think he's uh, I really think he's favouring himself um, and trying to protect himself from getting injured again. And I think he just needs to get to a stage. And from his point of view, the sooner the better with him being a free agent at the end of the year uh, where he feels confident in his own body and is able to, uh, to swing about freely, is able to run the bases freely and is able to, to enjoy playing the game. And, he, and he's just not doing that right now. Yeah. Fair point. Fair point. Well, fingers crossed here. Um, by, the, by the end of the season, he's making our... Um, a list of who's impressed us rather than who's worrying us. Um, love to know what you what you thought of that external void. Um, who, who have we missed? Who have we who have we overindulged on or, or, or talked about too much? Um, you will actually sort of next item on the agenda. You will actually get the chance to to get stuck into this over the coming weeks because we're still got final details just to nail out. But we're looking at sort of building over the next few pods um our sort of dream dodgers team probably starting sort of 2010 onwards so not not all t- not greatest team of all time but just in the most recent memory um start building it up position by position some are probably pretty obvious as to as to who's going to get 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 the gig but um some of the other positions um maybe a bit a little bit more challenging a bit more debatable so we're going to um we're going to be start probably trying to make some use of Twitter polls and stuff going forward and having a bit of discussion about it on the pods, but I thought we'd share that with you now. So you can start, everybody can start thinking about it and who would be your, who would make your Dodgers dream team from probably about 2010 onwards, I suspect we'll end up doing. Um, so look out for more details of that going forward. Um, and that brings us to our preview of the, of the coming game. So we've got three against the, Pirates four against the Mets and, and somebody's already mentioned that seeing the Mets that will give us a, a a better idea as to where we stand and how we're looking although I, I would just say about the Mets is that nobody else in their division is currently above 500 so um, are they good because they're good or are they good because they're playing people who are not very good who knows um, time will tell but um, Adam those seven games. What do you want to? Where do you? Where do you want to call it in terms of how you think we'll get on? 
I don't know. I hate the prediction bit because whatever I say, we do the opposite. Uh, oh, I don't know. I, I think I think we should sweep the Pirates, but uh, we've not been great against the rubbish teams like that, so it'll probably 2-1 to us. And then the Mets, I could see a split series, I think. I think that's probably the way it'll go. So you're going four from the seven. Yeah. Cool. Ian, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm really excited about the Mets series, actually. There's quite a lot of great stuff happening at Dodger Stadium. Um, at that time, obviously, we've got uh, the Justin Turner jersey day, which I'm sure some of you have seen the stuff about. But the first, I think it's 40,000 fans are going to get given a... Uh, a a Justin Turner t-shirt if anyone is listening who's going to that game who doesn't want their t-shirt send it in my direction I'm a massive JT fan and I would absolutely love to own one of those t-shirts same for me as well that would be amazing Uh, but yeah so anyway now we've stopped begging um, for Justin Turner uh, Justin Turner t-shirts I think that would you know that's going to be a great occasion obviously it's against the Mets as well um, you know the team that the team that released him decided him decided he wasn't good enough for Major League Baseball and enabled him to become a Dodger. And the rest, as they say, is history. Uh, so that's a, that's fantastic uh, as well. Uh, following that one, you've got the uh, LGBTQ uh, Pride Night, uh, where the where both teams are going to be wearing the, uh, uh, the the Pride caps. And then following that, you've got the Gil Hodges Bobblehead Night. So there's so much happening in uh, uh, in that series, as well as the fact that it's the two top teams. Uh, uh, um, on paper in the uh, uh, in the National League, so we're sitting there with thirty three and fourteen as things stand as we record this today, and the Mets thirty two and seventeen. As Ian said, is there a caveat there? Um, is there is, is it simply the uh, the opposition in in that division isn't phenomenal? They have been and played teams in other divisions. They had a fantastic series against uh, the Phillies not so long back, uh, and I uh, who were actually in their division, aren't they? Yeah, to edit that bit out. Uh, <laughs> uh, but they, the, the Mets have been playing really well, and we're talking about ourselves doing it with injuries. They've still not had a certain Jake Degrom play uh, this year, to my knowledge. And I think that's I think that's right. Um, so they're doing it without their best player as well. So the Mets, they're looking good. I've got quite a few Mets fans friends, uh, and I'm excited about that series in terms of a prediction. Yeah, I'll go five and two. Uh, I'll go five and two. I think we'll. Uh, I think we'll take. I think we'll take two off the Pirates and lose one. And I think we'll. I think we'll win the Met series three and one. Excellent. Thank you, Leon. What about you? Uh, again, just mirroring everyone's sort of comments about the Met series. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, again, you know they're they're they're, they're strolling through their division at the moment. Um, they did come unstuck a little bit in San Francisco last week. Um, one of the guys that they rolled out to pitch for him was, I, I don't know if they just pulled him out of the bay or something, because he was bloody awful um, and gave him a lot of runs. Um, so there, there, there is little holes. Um, obviously, they've got a few injuries at the moment with the starting pitch and, you know, the two main guys are out. Um, but I think they're going to be well up for it. Um, they've been they've taken some consistent beatings at uh, Dodger State in the last few years. But now they've got, you know, a settled team. They've got a bit of confidence about them. So I think that's probably going to be a split. I think we'll take three off the Pirates. Um, just rebounding from that terrible series that we had in Pittsburgh. Uh, and, yeah, I think we'll take, we'll, we'll split the Mets series. 
So that makes that five and two. I'm going to stick with the fives. Um, it's, it's funny, had we recorded this last night as planned, we wouldn't have had the final Arizona game. And I was going to say something like, well, we've won three, which means we're definitely due a loss because there's no way we're going to sweep them because we seem to keep throwing away odd games. And sure enough, we went and swept them. So so my prediction would have been wrong there. Um, so it did get me thinking, are we going to, are we going to sweep the pirates? Are we going to, you know, how are we going to throw away one? And you look at it on paper and think, yeah, well, we should should sweep them and then split the series against the Mets. You probably take that, and then I kind of think, yeah, but we might throw one against, throw one away against the Mets. But we could could get three against, sorry, throw one away against the Pirates, and we could get get three against the Mets. So uh, I don't know how we're going to do it, but I'm I'm reckoning we're going to do five. So um, take your pick of where we get those five from, but I think I think we'll get five wins from those seven games. And I think I'm right in saying that of them, only the very last one, so the final game of the three against the Mets is the one that's at a UK-friendly time. That's at 10 past nine in the evening UK time. So one that we'll get the chance to watch without losing too many hours sleep, hopefully. Um, otherwise, that's kind of, pretty much it for the for, for the core um core running order tonight so we'll just do the usual quick aob see if anyone's got anything leon anything you wanted to throw in uh, nothing from me cool adam how about you no i can't think of anything no i can see mr media with a big grin on his face so ian's clearly got something going in yeah i just want to jump in um this week saw the retirement of a underrated dodgers legend um one of very few people who will retire from pitching with a zero ERA, uh, but of course he is a uh, he is a position player. He is a catcher. Um, I am referring, of course, to Russell Martin, who started his career with the Dodgers way back in the day. Um, he when he first came when he first came through, uh, he was uh, so fast, which is uncharacteristic uh, of a of a catcher. I've known plenty of them over the years. Most of them can't run. Um, and uh, he was so fast. He had power as well. He was he was just a, a, a great, a great, great player. Um, the other thing I want to say is uh, what people don't realize about Russell Martin is actually how good of a player he is. Uh, since his debut, I think it was 2006. Uh, it, now, WAR isn't a statistic I will refer to very often, but it's something that's widely used across there. He has the third highest WAR of uh, wins above replacement of any catcher in the major leagues. The two above him, Yadier Molina and Buster Posey. Uh, two people who will almost certainly, you know, uh, uh, end up in the Hall of Fame. I don't think Russell Martin's going to be troubling the Hall of Fame, sadly, but that's how good uh, he, he was and, and, and he has been. Uh, he's obviously not played since 2019 when he when he left the Dodgers, but he hadn't officially retired as a player, and he announced it just recently. At the same time as announcing that, I think he's having, or his wife's having their uh, their third child as well. So, congratulations, Russell Martin, and all the very best in your retirement. You've earned uh, you've earned uh, you've earned the chance to to sit back and 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 enjoy life. Thank you very much for the memories. Uh, so that's a, that's a good shout out. And if he if he does happen to be listening, and here's our best wishes. Um, if you're at Dodgers Stadium, Russell, over the coming week or so, we could probably do with four of those t-shirts. I'm guessing an extra large in the for all of us in the, for the for the for the JT ones. Um, I'll take a large. I'll take a large. Take a, all right. Well, yeah, I, well, yeah. I, well, 
but um, we'll, we'll we'll take whatever you can chuck our way. That'd be very kind of you. But 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 seriously, all the best for your retirement. Um, and that's it uh, for tonight. Thank you uh, to everybody out there listening. Thanks to to Ian and Ian Ian. Thanks to Ian and Leon, all mixed together as Eon. Um, thanks to Ian, Leon and Adam for joining me tonight. I um, hope you've all enjoyed it. And as ever, if you want to get in touch, Twitter, Facebook are open for questions, comments, feedback, as long as it's all positive, of course. But otherwise, thanks so much for listening. All the best. Bye.